Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm so excited to welcome Wendy Ellen. Wendy is a work productivity consultant, international speaker, coach, and number one best-selling author of Working From Home. How's that working for you? Her insights into living an organized life are shared in her presentations with irreverence, humor, and a level of passion that motivates her audience to take immediate action. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have this discussion with you. I um, have been looking forward to it for weeks now. So um, please share with our listeners a little bit about Wendy, where you grew up, what your background was, um, and how you got started as a professional woman. So I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, but I grew up in Long Island, New York. I am I come from a blended family. So when I was five, my mother got divorced. She had two children and she married a man with three. So I was the youngest of two and overnight became the middle of five. Wow. Brady and Bunch. The, yeah, the Brady Bunch minus one. <laughs> and at the time, the ages were three, four, five, six, and seven. Wow. And my mother was 28 years old. So needless to say, I grew up in sort of a cray-cray environment, honestly. Yeah. Um, the one word that I could use to describe my upbringing was rules. We had them for everything, like mm. everything. Um, and the one that stuck with me was that you have to have your stuff organized. I didn't have a choice. But, you know, then I grow up and I go and get into corporate America. I was in the advertising agency world for many, many years. And I watched, I found myself watching the way people operated. And I was so blown away by how dysfunctional people were. I didn't get it. I just not, I didn't understand why people had so much chaos and overwhelm and clutter everywhere, piles and crap and always late and never honoring their word. And I just watched people operate and I thought, God, what is it? Why am I so different? What is this gift that I have that other people don't have? And that's what I saw it as. I saw it as a gift. Mm -hmm. So in 2000, when I had enough of, of corporate America, I left and I realized that I had a gift and that if I could figure out how to take what I did that was working so well for me and teach people how to live that way, that they wouldn't need to be stressed out all the time about the way they operated. And here I am 20 years later, growing a business that literally just helps people get their shit together. I don't know how else to say it. That's about as honest as it gets. How do you really create create a, a lifestyle where the operating is not something you have to focus on every day or not do it at all. You know, most people don't think about the way they operate. I always say it's one thing to love what you do, but it's another to love the way you do it. I yes. love the way I live. Yeah. Wow. I... Um... I'm I, I'm so excited to kind of dig into the actual work work that you do, but I'm gonna I am gonna ask you to just back up a little bit, and and share with us what you did kind of out of school. I mean, when you graduated from school, um, did you think you would be an entrepreneur? Did you go straight into corporate America? I mean, what was your corporate um, kind of profession initially? I my father was a writer for television. I always wanted to be a writer. 
And so my, my, my major in college was, was creative arts, writing and creative arts. And I left there thinking I was going to be a writer. So I got into the advertising agency world thinking that I would copyright and I hated it. But what I was really good at was I became the traffic director. Like I, I got, I got juggling, moving a lot, juggling a lot of moving parts was kind of my jam. I, mm -hmm. I just got that. I wanted to be the one that was in charge of getting all these different things done and, and hooking them together. And, you know, I had to stay on the copywriter and I had to stay on the art director and I had to make sure that we were meeting these deadlines. And um, that really spoke to me. So I got, I left the writing part, which I didn't like, moved over to the traffic directing part. And then from there went on to selling radio and newspaper and magazine. I went, got, I went from the agency side to the sales side of advertising. Um, and then when I was done, I didn't know what I was going to do. I'll never forget. I saw Oprah. She was doing her very first live your best life tour back in, in 20, in, 1999 and I went and I saw her and I remember saying to the girl I went with who worked with me at the radio station Donna I am out of this job by my birthday and I went to see her on June 22nd my birthday is the end of November I said I have no idea what I'm going to do I can just tell you right now I'm out of this job and I put it out into the universe and all of a sudden something became available to me a girlfriend called me and said Wendy there's a business for sale I think it would be perfect for you I said I don't want to own a business she goes you just got to talk to them well, I own a business. I remember waking up the next morning and saying to my husband, okay, I own a business. Now what do I do? I never wanted to own a business. I never had a business mind. What was the business? I bought a company called the 25th Hour, which is the name of my company to, to this day. And at the time, it was a personal concierge service. It was if you have, need an extra hour in your day, you hire me and I run your life. So I wound up having the keys to 25 people's homes and I ran their life. They're crazy, busy, wealthy life. And they paid me and I hated it because all I kept doing was enabling them to live this way. Mm. And that's when I woke up one morning and said, okay, I'm going to flop the model of my business. You're no longer going to pay me to run your life. I'm going to, you're going to pay me to teach you how to live your life so that you never need to pay me again. Makes sense. And that's, and how it, that's when it, it took off. And uh, just out of curiosity, did any of your original clients hire you for your new model? Yes. And then they wound up living, learning how to live and flourishing and off they went. Okay. So now let's talk about the dirty stuff. So what do you see as, you know, let's just say top three, I'm sure you could do 20, but like top three things that you see that people do over and over and over again that just really makes their life so much harder than it really needs to be. They let the chaos control them instead of them controlling it. They, they're not paying attention to the operating part of their life. They're paying attention to all the other things, or maybe they're not paying attention to anything. So they're not creating spaces, which is huge. You know, I, I'm, I'm, successful at this because I care deeply about my spaces and I create a space that's conducive to living a life of joy and getting things done. There's no clutter in my home, not in any room in my home. It doesn't stay in my life unless it has a permanent home and a pile is not an option. So first it's about the stuff because the stuff is what really gets people. 
and they just don't do anything about it and they don't do anything about it. They don't do anything about it. They're not making decisions. And before you know it, it's overwhelming. And then they're living, they're living above their means spatially, just like you can live above your means financially. Mm. So it's, stuff is really a problem. And I don't understand that people get that. I also, <clears throat> particularly for women, they have a really hard time setting boundaries around their time. And I am so good about setting boundaries around my time. Like I really get that if I'm gonna sit in a meeting every day, all day long, then if I don't block out time to get the work done that all the meetings generate, then I've done myself a disservice. So yes. you don't get to have a meeting with me if I don't first get to have a meeting with myself. Mm-hmm. And why do you why do you think that or do you have any hunches on why it is that people let their lives kind of get out of control? Mostly because they don't know how to control it. They just don't know. They don't they, they've you know, they don't have the skills. They've never been they've never had the tools. They've never been taught the strategies because once they work with me and they learn the strategies and they put them into action and they stick with them long enough to reap the benefits, that's the key here. It's sticking with it long enough to reap the benefits. It's like the first time I went on hormones, I got the cream and I would rub it on the inside of my arm or the inside of my thigh and I do it for a couple of days. I didn't see any results. So what did I do? I stopped. I didn't mm -hmm. stick with it long enough to reap the benefits. Mm -hmm. It's like any other habit that you're changing. You've got to give it time to sink in. You got to stick with it. It's like a diet. It's like, you know, I always say I'm the, I'm like the smoke enders and the weight watchers of getting organized. People mm -hmm. always go, what do you mean? And I go, well, what do they all have in common? You got to want it bad enough. Losing mm -hmm. weight, quitting smoking, getting organized. You got to want it bad enough. There's got to be the reward at the end of the tunnel in order for you to stick with it. Cause it's not an easy thing to do. And have you ever uh, have you ever been hired by someone and walked away and said you're clearly not really committed to this? It's not Absolutely. worth my time. Absolutely. Really. Oh, so yeah. talk talk about that. Well, I had a woman who was sort of borderline hoarder, and I don't go anywhere near that. If somebody even says they have a hoarding tendency, they're not my client. I'm not I'm not qualified. I'm not educated, or am I interested? So I can't. I won't go there. But there was a woman who kind of convinced me that there, she was walking the fine line and I really wanted to help her. Um, and as it turned out, as we were getting stuff, she, as we were clearing things out, she was coming through the back door with more stuff, <laughs> literally, until I finally said, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And, you know, it's interesting. When I talk to people on the phone about this issue, and they laugh a lot about it as they tell me, that's a sign to me that they're not serious. And it's gotta be a serious issue in order for me to do this work because it's not easy work to do with somebody. And I always say, you gotta want it more for you than I want it for you. I really want it for you. I am so committed to teaching particularly women entrepreneurs how to set themselves up for success right out of the gate. And it is up to you. It is your responsibility. And it's so, so needed too, um, because there's so many challenges that already exist out of the gate. You really want to have all your ducks in a row to increase your chances of success. And this is something you can control. Right? Absolutely. I always say there are so many things in our life that are out of our control. This is not one of them. Right, 
Right. Absolutely. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the book. Um, I mean, incredible timing, right. In terms of the release of the book and, and COVID, et cetera. So talk a little bit about the, what, what was happening at the time you started writing the book, obviously before COVID hit. Um, and, and so walk us through that. I didn't actually. So, um, I had been growing my business on an international speaking platform about seven years ago. I took a, uh, I took a course on how to use speaking as the platform to grow your business. And it just flourished. I was getting on a plane and flying to Paris and speaking on a stage and then having my husband meet me and we were traveling for the next week and coming home and three weeks later, I'd go and do the same thing in Ireland. And I was absolutely loving it. And you know, people would say to me, how do you deal with the travel? And I said, well, the only part of the travel I don't like is the travel. Like once I'm there, I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. So um, then COVID happened. And every one of the 12 speaking engagements that were on my calendar for 2020 went away instantly. And I remember it so clearly, March 16th, I was looking out my office window and Marty, my husband, was backing up his convertible in the driveway because he had his office in the back seat. And I said, what, and I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm moving home like the rest of the world. And I thought, oh, so I'm going to be the one to experience it as well. Now, I've been working in my house for 20 years, but alone with my puppy, with no distraction. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, I got somebody that's trying to figure out where the best place he is going to work from. So he moves from the kitchen table to the dining room table to the screened in porch until I finally said, dude, you got to pick a room. Like, I don't care which one it is. <laughs> pick a room, any room and park it. And I said to him a couple of days later, why don't we just order like an inexpensive writing desk from Mayfair and put it upstairs in the sitting area outside our bedroom. And he looked at me with the most serious face and he said, Wendy, we're not spending any money on this. It's going to be over in a month. <laughs> By July, the writing desk was up in the, in, in the sitting room and that is where he's been ever since. Mm-hmm. So it affected me. And that's when I said, oh my God, Marty, the whole world is freaking out right now. He said, what are you talking about? I said, all those people who get to leave their clutter and dysfunctional home every morning and go to the office are now stuck. I got to write a book. And I literally got in the car and called my friend who has a bare B&B uh, 40 miles south of Atlanta, where I live. And I holed up in her Airbnb for a, a week and I wrote the book. I said, really? now is the time to do this. And I want to be one of the first ones to do it. And I did it. And I literally, every chapter highlights a client that I've worked with over the years that I was able to help them with some specific challenge relating to working from home. So I had been working with people working from home for years. I also work with people in corporate America, but a lot of my clients are entrepreneurs who don't have office spaces, didn't want the overhead. So I literally looked at my clients. I called all of them and said, I, I want to highlight a chapter on you. I'm changing your name. Are you okay? And most of them said, you don't even need to change my name, but I did. And so it's, it, it's in a really digestible format where you can relate to somebody's particular challenge and then grab the, grab the actionable solution that I recommend that worked for them. And then it just climbed up the New York Times bestseller list. It climbed up the New York, the, no, the Amazon bestseller list. Amazon. It climbed up the Amazon bestseller list and it got the word of corporate America, the attention of corporate America. 
people were starting to reach out to me to say, can we do some corporate workshops? And now what's happened, the most, the latest thing that's happened is that now, you know, large corporations want this content available for all of their um, 28,000 employees. Right. So I am making my curriculum available. And let's now let's dive into the curriculum because I know you do a lot of work. Um, you've worked one-on-one, you've worked in corporations, you've worked with teams. Um, getting back to like the top three things, when you when you're dealing with kind of corporate America and you walk into an organization, what do you find is kind of like one first tip that is critical um, that gets the whole process started? When you're talking about corporations, I just want to make sure I understand the question. Yes. Um, right now, see, here's the thing. It doesn't matter who you work for or what you do. All of us as humans have this universal challenge of from the time we wake up to the time we put our head on the pillow, how do we get stuff done? That's really what our lives are about, right? That's Mm -hmm. what we do. We're we're all getting things done. We're getting things done in several different capacities, in several different arenas. So let's start with probably the biggest stressor, email. Everyone's got an email inbox, not going away anytime soon, I'm afraid, Mm -hmm. right? But we were never from the beginning really taught how to deal with an email inbox. So for most of the world, they have 10,000 plus emails living in their inbox. Now, for a lot of the world, that, that doesn't bother them. And I always say, if it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother me. I don't want to put a square peg in a, ma- a round hole and ever make anybody do anything that they don't need to do. But I can tell you right now, I right now have seven emails in my inbox. If I had 10,000, I'd be, I can't even imagine what I'd be. Oh my God. I won't even tell you how many I have. (laughs) And here's the thing. If it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother me. But, but most people, they don't know any different. Mm -hmm. You're probably thinking to yourself, well, I never thought it bothered me, but maybe if you taught me another way to live, I'd realize how much it now bothers me. Mm -hmm. So I go into these workshops and I share my, my strategy and my tools and my techniques for how to navigate your email inbox. And at the end of that session, people are like, oh my God. It's genius. Why? Why haven't we learned this twenty years ago? Are it's, you gonna? Are you gonna tell us? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say this. Um, you know, it, it's it's for a much longer session, but I will say this, and this is something that um, is a is a good conversation opener. I always revert back to the mailbox that's sitting in front of our house. Everybody, everybody on this call who's listening probably has a mailbox either at the end of their driveway or in the front of their house or at a bank of mailboxes if you live in an apartment. But we all have a mailbox. And what that mailbox essentially is, is a loading dock. That's all it is. It's a loading dock. My mailman comes and he delivers mail to my mailbox every day. Now, I don't go into my mailbox and just take the stuff I want and leave the crap for him. I take everything out of my mailbox. I come back into my house and I process it. Most of it goes in the recycle bin and whatever I need, I take. But that's just a loading dock and nothing lives on a loading dock. It's meant to be loaded on and then you go and take it off. Well, our email inbox, quite frankly, is meant to be a loading dock. It's not meant to be anything else. It's just where the emails come in. 
And the reality of it is we have no control over them coming in. I don't have any control over the fact that right now while I'm on the phone with you, I have emails popping into my inbox or I have the mailman dropping off mail. So we don't have control over what comes into our life, but we do have control over it once it gets there. So I only use my email inbox as a loading dock. I don't use it as a permanent home for 10,000 emails. Because what I worry about is what could be down there that I can't see that I could have missed. And when I start working with people in their email inbox, you would not believe that they've, that they've missed um, sales opportunities, money, um, huge speaking opportunities, you name it. So I, I'm going to, I can't believe we're kind of burning through our time. I could talk to you for another half hour easily. I'm just going to share one of my little email tricks, not that I'm an expert, but because of all of the um, kind of e-commerce emails every time you get, every time you shop, and sometimes you want to make sure that you have to give an email. At one point, I created kind of a free email account that was dedicated only to purchases so that it was not part of my desktop and it would be somewhere on Gmail or on Yahoo. And if I needed to dig out an email regarding a purchase order, et cetera, I would go there. But otherwise, I, I find personally like my email box is like 50%, you know, spam that comes into my personal email from purchases of years gone by. Well, let me just say this. First of all, you're not alone. There are a lot of people who do what you do. And I love that. And second of all, I will make this comment that's really important. And the comment is this. Spam is not the problem. Your commitment to deleting it is. Got it. All right. I'm going to switch gears now because I want to get to the hacks before we run out of time. What are your top three startup hacks that you've used uh, or use that save you time, money, and gain a competitive edge in your own business? Number one is I only keep what I need and I love. And that's in every aspect of my life. I only keep what I need and I love. And the word that's missing there is like. And I, I highly recommend that we get the word like out of our equation because here's the problem. We like everything. We're consumers. And so that's what gets us in trouble. So if you have a, li if you have a life that only has need and love in it, it's a game changer on every aspect every aspect. That's number one. Um, number two is pay attention to the way you operate. Look at how you look at how you spend your time. Look at how you work in your email inbox. Look at, look at how you deal with the functioning modality of growing a business because most people don't pay attention to that. They pay attention to the branding, they pay attention to the marketing, they pay attention to the sales, they pay attention to all that stuff, but the foundation of a successful business are your systems. What are your systems? What do you do the same every day? That's gonna make a difference. And if you set those up right out of the gate and you follow them and you work them because no system works unless you work it, um, you, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. 100%. It's when, right? Yeah, 100%. And what's your last one? What's my last one? Um, okay, this is, this is a little atraditional. I want you to, I want you to, in, I want you to create a category in your life where things land and live there. And the category is called, it is what it is. Because 
we got those categories. You know, if you now are at home working and homeschooling and, you know, having to now deal with who's cooking dinner, who's walking the dog, whatever that is, those are your non-negotiables and they fall into the category of it is what it is. I have for years, people have been saying to me, but I don't know what to do. I have kids. And I'm like, well, look, you decided to have kids. They're your kids. Unless you're going to give them away or kill them, they're your kids. <laughs> so work, you've got to work around them. So what are your non-negotiables? And those are the things that get plugged in first and everything else has to come in after that. Those were excellent. Thank you. And um, I am halfway through your book and it's excellent and highly recommend it. So if, if our listeners want to learn more about you and what you do in your book, um, please share a website or a way they could uh, learn more. The easiest thing is just to go to wendyellen.com. That's the best. That, that's the most direct way. It's wendyellen.com and Ellen is E-L-L-I-N. And then once you're on the website, you can buy a book, you can buy a book directly, you can buy it from Amazon, or you can buy a book directly from me, and I'll sign it and send it to you personally. Um, and then you can sort of tool around and find out what opportunities there are. But wendyellen.com is just the, the most central place to find me. Well, fantastic. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. And I think female founders really are going to benefit from your expertise and your guidance. So thank you for coming on the show today. Really appreciate that. Your um, insights and suggestions were fantastic, so thank you. Um, I wanted to just mention to everyone that next week we have another great show on the secret female founder strategies that will save you time and money when building your business. So come back and listen. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and we will see you next week.